Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Have a holly jolly Christmas, it's the best time of the year. Johnny, it's nearly Christmas. Uh, it's how many days left for Christmas? 14 uh, days, two weeks today. Yeah. Two weeks today. Well, as of recording, obviously people listening, it won't be two weeks. It will be something like 11 days, 10 days, something like, I don't know, whatever day that is. I can't remember what date Monday is. However, as of recording, it is two weeks, yes. I, I, I do like Christmas. So do I. I mm. Except when you've got to spend 1,800 quid on a new oven. Oof. Yeah, tell me about this rat. Well, the cat is a very small cat, a tiny little thing. And it's really, really efficient at catching things, but really, really shit at killing them. Like, I don't mind if you bring a squirrel in, because, you know, I know they can do some damage, like, but at least they're cute. You know, she brings in mice, voles, she brought in bats before, birds, loads of stuff. And we've had we've had one rat before, mostly mice, and then we've caught the rat straight away, but this time we obviously didn't see her bring it in, because you leave the dog... Uh, the dog flap open in the night for it to come in, which we don't do anymore. And it's obviously got in the oven. Just run away from her, got in the oven, not known for like a week probably. And then a strange smell of piss. And they go, this is not good. And then pulled the plinth underneath the oven and it's full of ratchet. You're like, oh no, this is not good. Took a few days to get out. And then it's chewed all the main wiring harness, chewed ignition harness, ripped all the insulation out from the sides, uh, the back, front, top. Um, and apparently, Rangemaster said when the insulation is ripped, that's the end of the oven. So that's it. It would have cost me about, you know, probably would have cost 600, 700 quid to repair, probably, with time and parts and stuff. But. And it's, the, it's, you know, it's a bit of a health and safety issue when rats are not known to be clean and they, they're not known to be disease-free either. I think I'd rather get corona 10 times over and I get anything from a rat. Good. So, yeah, so I had to get a new oven because we do Christmas dinner. Well, I say we. Shay does it. So we need a new cooker for then. So you're then limited to what cooking you can have, what can be delivered in time. Like once a minute relative this relative this same because I'm going to wire it up. I'm going to put the gas in so I know roughly what is you know, hopefully it's roughly the same. You know, similar colour, because some colours, like three months waiting list, where that can't, that can't happen. Like normally, if you just want a new cook, you can wait, can you, but no. So yeah, that ended up having to spend 1,800 quid. Hmm. Quite the blow, quite the blow. Hmm. I mean, yeah, this time of the year, bear in mind that you probably would like to have a Christmas dinner that you didn't have to cook in, like a microwave or a slow cooker or something like that. Yeah. Is you know electrical appliance? Um, yeah, yeah. George Foreman. Yeah, Foreman. Yeah, you could, you could cook a yeah. turkey steak on the Foreman. Mm-hmm. Air fryer, do some roasties and parsnips and things. Yeah. No, there is, there is, you know, that you could work around it, but it's still won't be ideal with it. I mean, the range got like five hobs in it, two ovens, grill, so you can you can cook a lot of things at the same time. Yeah. Well, well the only thing I'll say is, uh, it is only Christmas. And as much as it would be nice to obviously have a proper Christmas lunch, if it meant that you had to pick something that you didn't want next for the next potentially decade or longer, you know, however long it this this range cooker is going to last, you know, yeah. you do think, mm, 
got to weigh up really whether the the short term issue is is worse than kind of a longer term issue of having something you don't want. That is true, but it's the same as we got, so it's not you know it's not too bad. I know they they're good, solid, so I don't I don't mind, and they they are useful, especially when you got all these ovens, you can cook loads of stuff at the same time. They are mm. good. Yeah, so I don't mind. I I don't mind buying it, but it's the, I don't I didn't want to buy it when I didn't need to buy it. Yeah, well, like you say, it's uh, it's an unexpected bill, which is uh, annoying because you're replacing something you've already got as well. I think that's a lot of people's mentality. They why they buy something different because they can't bring themselves to to kind of pay for the same item that they already had because it feels then like they're just they're throwing away money. Yeah. Well, funny enough, we've got a Toledo, whatever, Toledo 90, and they don't seem to do it anymore in the newer models. We've had to get a different, a slightly different one. So it is slight, marginally different. And I mean marginally different. Same price, but marginally different. Different name anyway, at least. It's mm. professional, this one is. <laughs> professional plus. Mmm, lovely. Mm. <clears throat> better, better get some cooking lessons. Yeah, that's right. There's about to get um, some cooking lessons. We'll take a good picture for Instagram, aren't I? Mm. Well, you probably need some photography lessons there as well, then, mate. And an Instagram lesson, let's be honest. I would say you need an but... Instagram lesson. I, d- I really dislike hashtagging. Uh, <laughs> well, I just think bell end to myself. It is what it is. Nah, sorry. Right. I think uh, it's all part of the album. Did you know? I don't know if you knew this, actually, but the. Actually, I'm about to. I don't know. If I'm about to expose myself then, metaphorically, in whether I actually know anything about Instagram. But I believe the hashtags and the words, um, you get a better reach on the post if the hashtags match the content. So if you hashtag something completely unrelated to obviously the actual picture, apparently it knows that, and you then the algorithms then it doesn't share as much on other things. So if you'd like hashtag, I don't know if you like hashtag fitness on a picture of. Um, the fucking Eiffel Tower or something. Although I suppose you could be run up and down it. But anyway, I don't know. Something like that. something unrelated. Apparently, you just get less reach. I think that's a good way to do it. Really, it stops people just spamming all the bullshit, doesn't it? Yeah, and it and like any social media, there is a lot of spam bullshit. But hey ho, um, Wilson's going on. Uh, obviously, you're you're still in this dieting phase, which we didn't didn't have an update in a couple of weeks now because obviously you had guests the last couple of weeks. So uh, give us an update. Where are you up to? I think I'm um, total and down. I think I'm down 15 or 16 pounds in total now. As, as I was explaining to Brett, um, that I, it comes in waves for me, uh, weight loss, generally speaking. And the first couple of days, it'll be a couple of pounds, which I suppose is for most people, really. A bit of water weight, less food volume, less calories, etc. But I'll normally hold weight for four or five days, and then I'll drop maybe three pounds overnight, four pounds. And it'll hold again within a pound for another five, six days, and it'll drop again. That tends to be where what it does for me, generally speaking. But then, let's say if I have, um, I went to the Celtic Man on Monday, which for anyone who lives not from around where I live, then they wouldn't know what that is. It's just a tiny hotel with a spa, blah, blah, blah. Isn't oh, it of a, is, yeah, I was going to say, isn't, isn't it an actual golf course, or is it more known for the hotel? Yeah. I would say it's more known for the golf it's, course, isn't it? It's more known for the golf course now because they hosted the Ryder Cup today in mm. 2010. So that's why it's probably more well known for the golf course now. But it was originally just, a, I say, jest. Um, it's probably more known for the hotel before that. But we went up there, and obviously, you, <clears throat> you, you suppose you've got an idea. 
you can you can rough things out in your head, right? I know roughly these are going to be so many cars. We don't know really what is cooked in, so you you it's difficult to guess how much oil they use, for example. You don't know, do you? But it's obviously more calories than I what I normally be eating, and I tend to find I'll probably gain three to four pound, and I'll that'll stay for three days normally with me, three four days, and then it'll come off quicker, and I'll and I'll get lower then eventually because obviously you're still sticking to your average calories for the week and only marginally above for one higher day so you are still you could easily be still being a deficit for the week where well, i probably well i definitely was so you still you've got the water retention of having a bit more calories more carbs more food volume yeah and then that taking just a bit of bit of time to come off so i think people get freaked out about don't they yeah this is why the Go on. No, I was just going to interject to say, and maybe it's what you're about to say. So sorry if you were, and I cut across you. But I, I've for most clients now usually take the approach of that um, they don't weigh in when they've had something that they know is likely to kind of artificially spike their weight. So if they go out to eat effectively for the most part, and they then have something that is high sodium or high carbohydrates in comparison to the the usual intake. Um, most times I ask them not to weigh in either the next day or sometimes the, the subsequent two days just because of that reason because obviously emotionally it has an, an issue sometimes with a lot of people in that emotional attachment to the scales and um, despite having some rational thoughts around they know why it spikes they still can't seem to detach emotionally from it so the best thing for them is to just not weigh in and obviously because it's junk data or messed up data anyway because it doesn't really tell them anything all it does is artificially inflating their weight there's just no need to to have it. So obviously, if it starts being like you know they don't they never weigh in because of that, then it's a problem. But because people, if you're dieting, especially you know you might only eat out once a week maximum or even less, then it becomes less of a problem to worry about. But that's all I was going to say. You, you think you think of the scenario, which is which probably happens all the time, all the time. Someone will go on a diet they can't stick to for more than six days or five days even. So they'd be really. Um, They'll be eating like say they normally generally take the the average. Um, I say I say Western European really, but for Brit or American, you know, loads of shit food, loads of high calories, loads of salt, loads of sugar, and they go on like <clears throat> mega low calorie, you know, chicken, salad, broccoli, all that stuff. Some of them can't sustain for like more than five days. They have a cheat meal on Saturday, a probably cheat day because people are off their heads. Saturday and Sunday, then they weigh the Sunday or the weigh the Monday, and they think, Jesus Christ, I've lost like half a pound, or or not, not at all, because they think they've dieted so hard, which they may well have been a deficit for the week, but they've eaten loads of sodium, loads of carbs, loads of food volume on a weekend, not even on one meal, and obviously that water retention just come flying back and wiped out their scale weight drop, and they in their head think, oh, what's the point? And what they they are. They, they they downfall. They are their own downfall. This is their own fault. Yeah. Because of what they because of what they do and that happens day in, week in, week out. I bet millions of people in the world do this, and they keep doing it for different diets, and they never ever ever get where they need to go because yeah. they give they in. just yeah, they, and because they don't understand. Like that's why slimming world is is so terrible. Everyone I've dealt with in slimming world has got major psychological issues with food. Yeah, I was just crying that because I think the the problem is I've done posts about this where it's almost self prophesizing or self fulfilling mm. because 
like you said, what happens is people will, will be, be good in air quotes all week and diet what they perceive as hard all week. And, and they might see progress throughout that week weighing in if they are weighing in or if it's Slim World, obviously only weighing in once a week. Um, but they might be dieting quite like relatively hard and eating clean and all of the things during the week and th- this perceived effort of their diet is extremely high get to a friday night and oh you know they've had a the diet fatigue has kicked in because of how hard they're trying to diet and like you say they then can't can't keep that restriction going on for so long that they end up kind of either binging or cheating or whatever words you want to use and have you know numerous that that attitude of i've i've failed now so i may as well fail i'll start again on monday and obviously what happens is all the progress like you say over that over that week is completely lost because they are then um you know, they might have put on some body fat over that weekend because they're probably eating in a surplus, certainly over those days. Could potentially be over the week generally. Um, but I think they might even still be in a deficit over the week, potentially depending on how bad the, the weekend actually went. But either way, you know, this this increased carbohydrates, this increased sodium, and therefore the, this kind of increase on the scale is almost this self-fulfilling prophecy of that. They've, they've seen all the success all week of eat, of dieting hard and this, this kind of perceived effort of diet. Um, and then... They've blown it all because they've had then this perceived scale weight and therefore body fat increase by all the bad things in air quote they've eaten. That's why it's self-prophesizing or self-fulfilling. In reality, it might not be because they might have even been a deficit over the weekend. But um, it's just that kind of idea that reinforces almost their ideas that I shouldn't eat these bad foods because my scale weight's gone up. Therefore, or AKA that is bad. And that's half the problem and why this then develops this, this horrendous relationship and mentality around good and bad foods and kind of the moral, moral values of foods because it's it's completely completely reinforced that the the healthy clean foods and hard dieting is success because they because they, the scale weight says so and yeah. the weekend of um laps binging cheat meals is the opposite it's bad in air quotes because the scale weight says so because the scale weight's gone up and I say that completely confirms people's ideas when they don't know any better. And that, that is so demoralizing and so, mm. um, well, yeah, it's so demoralizing for people that they just give up. They think, why do I bother? Why do I, I've tried, like I said, going back to this perceived, I, this idea of perceived effort on dieting. Why do I bother for those five, six days of the week if I can ruin it all in, in one day? Therefore, I just won't try. That's what people get to. 100%. And it's, if 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 someone is looking for a cheat meal in the first week, they're, they're in the wrong place mentality. It's not like oh, this is a temporary thing. Yeah, maybe temporarily you need to get to a, a, X or what you perceive as X weight is going to make you happy or whatever. But you need to think long term. People don't gain ten stone in a week. Like you won't lose it in a week. People gain ten stone over ten or fifteen years of eating shit and leading uh, uh, probably an unhealthy lifestyle, not training, not doing any um, <clears throat> fitness-related things. And they think they can take it off in a fortnight, three weeks, four weeks. That's why the you know the 12-week whatever plan, the 10-week this plan gets, gets so many people doing it and 90% of them fail. And so because the mentality is totally, totally wrong because everybody wants things now and they are not willing to take the time to make a lifestyle change. And the thing is, if they'd spent you know, two or three years at the start of their journey doing it properly, they would have been where they were, they would have been where they are, where they, they, where they would be where they wanted to be far quicker. And I can guarantee you they'd probably sit in the same place 10 years later yeah. with 
drastically um, ruined psychology towards food. Like I can't count people are still attached to the scale. I got to wear certain clothes to, to to weigh in once a week. I'm like, what what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, I can't eat bread. Why? Because it's full of carbs. Well, why is that? Then our carbs are bad. But why? But they can't tell you why. They just perceive that because they've taken out carbs for like bread because they eat a lot of it and it's easy to eat. Then they think, oh, well, I've lost weight now because I've taken out bread. And they assume, no, bread must be the thing. And it's always something in it. It's, it's, most people just can't, at the start, grasp But It's going to be a long time. If you've got a lot of if you've got a couple, five, six stone, it's going to be a long time, psychologically more than anything, to get to where you want to be in a healthy state. Yeah. You know I, mean? I, I think people would have, so I think people would be more open to this idea of, changing lifestyle so i say this idea so clearly something that we we sell our services on is kind of behavior change and kind of like that ergo or relates to lifestyle change you know it's the same thing you know you have to change your lifestyle or change your behaviors um and i think people would be more open to that idea in terms of a something that's doable or something that can lead to success if they had a true real perception of what it meant so like well, maybe perception not in the right way, but if they had a real, if they had a real um, view of of what it means in reality, rather than what they think it is, um, because I, I guess like the idea of lifestyle change, behavior change, to a lot of people is like I cannot live like they this this idea of you know we talked about even this this people that try hard Monday to Friday and then fail at weekends, that Monday to Friday perception of of how intense or how difficult that diet is. No wonder people, if people think that that's what it's like to diet for long periods, no wonder they think, oh my God, I'm, I can't do this. It's just not for me. I can't change my lifestyle. It's ridiculous that anyone wants to live like that. I think in reality, if people knew that, you don't have to live like that. That isn't the way to diet. And that's some, certainly something you don't have to do. And the idea of changing your lifestyle and behaviors is not this idea that you then suddenly become 100% uber clean, perfect, or all of these objectives you want to use. And actually, in reality, you probably just need to cut down on the types of portions or frequency of the some of the higher uh, higher non-nutrient and higher caloric type stuff um, and hyper palatable things, processed foods. If you just had to cut down the frequency or, or volume of those rather than cut them out completely, that, and that equates to what is really kind of the true type of lifestyle or, or behavior change that we expect. Then people would have this idea of actually maybe I can do that. Whereas like pre- it could be go on. No, 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 go. No, no, you go. So it's like we talked about last week. It's as simple as if people drink three full fat monsters a day, that's seven hundred calories. Switch to zero, and you save yourself seven hundred calories a day. Or drink a two liters of full fat coke, straight to the diet coke, Pepsi Max. You're saving hundreds and hundreds of calories a day, which could lead you to lose half pound a day potentially. Yeah. Or, 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 at least, or at least stop you gaining weight or whatever. Yeah, which is simple and it's easy. And people, if, if someone says to me they can't do that, I, you, they're full of shit. Yeah. That's what I mean is people think that, you know, if, if, you're, if your dietary habits are so appalling at the moment that you're gaining weight relatively fast over a period of time, um, or to be honest, if even if you're maintaining your weight at a higher level than you'd like, it's probably because you're, and, and your maintenance calories are probably still generally fairly high because high, obviously the heavier you are and the more you weigh um, um, the higher your, high your BMR, BMR or your, your metabolic rate is going to be, gonna be. Um, um, I can really hear an echo right now I don't know if it's hello 
Oh, no, no, I'm, ah, it's gone. Um, <coughs> excuse me. The heavier you are, obviously, the higher you are gonna um, you're gonna expend calories. Of, that makes it easier then to just make smaller changes to then see some reasonable results because you're obviously on a higher BMI in the first place. So that's obviously like ironic that people that say, oh, I can't change and I can't live like this. Well, actually, you probably don't need to. You can probably just make some smaller changes like cut out the monster you drink or the latte with sugar and um, maybe swap a chocolate bar for a piece of fruit or something. And for a lot of people, those kind of immediate change will see some quite good results to start with for, for a reasonable amount of time. That's probably all people need to do. But Yeah, and especially if, if they live, if they, if, especially if there's no kids in house, then... Obviously, you have to be a, a lot of people got kids these days. But if, you, if there's no kids in your house, then you're in ultimate control of your food environment. So take the things that you eat most of, most of the shit, out of the house. So then it, it takes a concerted effort to leave the house to go and get what you want. Because, you know, let's be fair, a lot of people are lazy and they won't go and get it. So they won't walk down the shop to get it. They'll go, oh, it's not you, whatever. So if you can control your food environment, then you're eliminated, well, you're not totally eliminated, but you're close to eliminating that craving because it's not there to get. It's out of the house. So you have to make an effort to go and get it, which makes it less likely you're going to do it. So food environment is also important. Someone, they don't think about it. They just assume you've got to eat you know, chicken and salad and rice and veg all day when... Same with training, isn't it? You think, oh, I've got to go and train six days a week like so-and-so. It's like, well, no. If you do nothing, go for a walk a couple of times a week because it's not hard. I mean, it gets hard if you're very, very, very heavy. But if you're, you know, just overweight, then just go for a walk. At least you get you into the mentality of getting out, getting more activity in, and then you can go from there. People take it, it's like, it's, it's black or white in it. It's like, I either all or nothing. There's not in, there's nothing in between. It's like everything these days. There's no grey area. It's just black or white and that's it. Mm-hmm. Which is not the case. It is not, Johnny. As is most things in fitness and nutrition. So, anyway, let's um, move on to some actual content today. So, we were going to do well no we weren't ever going to do but obviously a lot of fitness professionals this time of year will be coming out with the christmas episodes of the usual how to survive the war that is christmas how to survive how to survive the military attack from those mince pies which i just think stop talking shit so i think yeah we're not going to do that although let's just be open here i think we did do one a couple of years ago not last year or the year before maybe yeah um, forgive us we were young and naive and we yeah. were deeply embedded in the fitness atmosphere deep Imbe- embedded deep <coughs> excuse me um, but no we're not going to do that and to be fair if people want to put out that content who am I to mock I will not mock in fact I am mocking the people mocking other people at the moment on my socials so I probably shouldn't mock other people for mocking other people for mocking other people is that right i don't know that's some sort of inception there um anyway <laughs> i don't know either uh, i think i might be rambling so anyway we're not doing that um because there'll be enough other people doing it and if people want to know how to survive the war that is christmas then um we'll let someone else tell people how to do that but what we're here to do is talk about we thought something a little bit more i don't know i don't know if interesting was the word i was going to use or what interesting was the word i was going to use but i don't know if that's the right one but something a bit more jovial and fun and we want to talk about christmas gift ideas for the fitness enthusiast mm. well this could be an interesting 
because there are some interesting gadgets and things around. We're not talking about those. Uh, oh, what was the fucking name of those things? Me and Ed talked about. Uh, not love eggs, but similar sort of things. There were some gadgets. Bullets. Dildos. No, no, they weren't bullets or dildos. There was some something Gwyneth Paltrow was uh, promoting. Some form of almost like a Fabergé egg that stick you, it up you uh, stick it up your um, foof. lady yeah, that's case. Nice, that's a nice word. Yeah, foof. Stick up your Welsh foof. Um, and apparently that leads people to lose weight. So that was a good gadget. Do you know what? That makes me sick. Not only, not <laughs> What's the put, thought of sticking put, a Fabergé egg up your foof? No, or? that doesn't. That's, that could be good. But the, the fact that people are stupid enough to believe it is one makes me sick. And the second one is she's got the balls to even market someone mm. stupid without someone going, oh, Gwyneth, wrap up, you stupid idiot, you can't sell that. You're a millionaire, wrap it in. Mm. It, it, it hurts my brain that people can be so stupid and I got no sympathy, unfortunately, yeah. for that. It, it was something to do with um, hormonal balances. Apparently, it was supposed oh. to promote a uh, better hormonal balance by sticking it up there, and which yeah. leads to some method or... Um, no mechanism for weight loss but anyway we won't go into that again because if people want to listen to that go back and listen to the episode i don't remember which it was but it was quite a while ago <coughs> um but we know we're going to talk about uh gadgets for fitness people not just gadgets any ideas i've got a list of a few that i um got either recommended by social media um viewers or just things that i thought of uh, and johnny you've got some as well aren't you so which you haven't have, shared yeah. with me so i don't know what they are. do you want to let's start with yours because i'm interested to know what you think is a good idea for fitness people and the reason we want to do this now is because obviously it's the 11th of december today this will be out on the 14th i think is the date so that still gives people 11 days to to buy these for their for their friends and family who are into fitness mm. so good in spoke this is a list of stuff that i would be well just pick one and we'll go we'll, we'll go through if you think it's a good or bad idea before don't read them all off go one at a time man yeah okay this one might be interesting for, for, for people who go to more your fitness clubs you know, like your david lloyd's virgins all them with his lockers tap tap lock t-a-w-p lock okay explain what this is <laughs> it's a fingerprint pad lock that's about all you need to know Oh, it is very what, like a it is very de- Yeah, it is very 80 quid though. 80 quid? Ooh. So I don't know why you would pay. I, don't, I think it's just it's one of those gimmicky things that's worth about a tenner, but because it's a gimmick, they put 80 quid, you know, they charge you eight times ten and the price is worth. Do, do, you, do you think there's enough value in that compared to something like a combi lock with a combination no, on it or even one with a key? Because I, no. I guess the benefit is you can't lose it or no one else can use it. Um, because but obviously it's a fingerprint. For me, right, if you live in London and I've. And I've Bought a few people from London who go to these leisure centre gyms and they're paying astronomical money. I think, why are you paying all that money for a gym? Ridiculous money. I think if you can afford that, you can afford to spend silly money on a stupid tap lock. That's my thought on it. Yeah, maybe that type of individual might also be the audience for that type of product. I wouldn't yeah. buy it. I mean, I, I'm, I am one for a bit of a gimmick. In fact, I like gimmicky stuff. Um, but... Matt Morgan will buy you. Yeah, Matt Morgan will definitely buy it. A proper Londoner, London banker. Well, well, if if we describe spell- London, you'd be it. You, you say I think you, you said wanker wrong, mate. Oh, okay, sorry. He's, he's a London wanker. Wanker. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, he probably would buy it. To be fair, no, not for me. I think that's one for the um, for the naughty list, not for the for the good list for me. Not for eighty quid anyway. I think it's more for the rich list. Really, <laughs> right, for the rich list. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I'll stick with a two pound combination lock with three digits on. That'll do. I'd stick to just leave my leave my bag open. Three mate, in the gym. Can't do that in Wales, can you? Surely that will yeah. get nicked. And in the, I, I find the gyms like the gym I go to is quite good, lugger. Like it's quite okay. trust, quite trusting. Okay. Shall I? Shall I come up with a with an idea now? Go on then. We we'll go back and forth. Yeah. So um, this this wasn't this wasn't my idea, um, but this was one someone else uh, gave me an idea on water jug with timings on it. So for someone that oh, wants yeah. to try and remain yeah. hydrated. Yeah, it's got like little little times on, so like 10 a.m., 11 a.m., 12 a.m. to give you a, a uh, an idea of how much water you should have consumed by a certain time of the day. Decent. Hmm. Which I believe you can just get from probably Amazon or wherever else. Other uh, retailers do do exist. Um, uh, not anytime soon, they won't be. It'll take over the no, world. No, probably, you're probably right. It will probably be Amazon soon. Um, but no, I thought it's quite a good idea because... Um, there is also an element of, um, I can't think of the right word, temporal, is that the word? But obviously with hydration in that, um, when you, or, or yeah, when you drink matters in that the idea, I suppose, is that when you're, you're hydrating, you can't just go, right, you need to drink three liters a day. So you get to 10 o'clock at night and drink three liters. That kind of defeats the point. And basically what you'll, have, you'll find is you've spent all day dehydrated and then you'll hydrate at 10, a, 10, at 10 p.m. at night or whenever when you drink it but only for a very short period because you'll piss most of it then out and then just be dehydrated again. So the kind of, that's why I like the, the jug because obviously it kind of makes you drink small amounts throughout the day to make sure that you you kind of become hydrated and then remain hydrated throughout the day rather than having long periods of dehydration and then bulking because you can't just, like a lot of things, you can't just have a daily amount and drink it all in one go because it won't have the same effect as if it's spread out across the day. And you'll feel like shit. If you're drinking you're at, through the night. I was going to say, if you're drinking at 10 p.m. at night, yes, because obviously you'll then probably disrupt your sleep by getting up to have a piss at night time a couple of times, um, which is not ideal in any stretch. Um, but what you should really do is the first couple of hours is really more important because you're obviously dehydrated overnight, get up and drink in the morning, get hydrated, and then remain hydrated if you possibly can by drinking too. Mm. So, yes. Anyway, that was mine. I thought, good idea. I think that should go on the good list. Yeah, put it on the good list. This this uh, what one should I pick beer then? Anyone's There's right a few ways. <clears throat> this would be again. This would be for someone who's got a lot of money, a lot of money, and you've got to like like this person a lot. Let's hope. hope let's hope our listeners have a lot of money. Then I know a couple of them have. A Peloton. <laughs> I think it's like. <coughs> I think it's like eighteen hundred quid. Mm. And you have to, don't you have to have a subscri- uh, subscription as well for like the uh, online court, court, uh, workouts courses? I be- believe you do, yeah. I don't know what you call them. Yeah. Because it's all relative, isn't it? 800 quid to me is a lot of money, but 800 quid to someone else is like peanuts. So it's like, well, if we've got any, any uh, millionaires listening to this podcast, you would, you dish out two grand presents to your mates or family, you've got a Peloton. Yeah. If they're quite great, then, of course. If they don't, don't bother. I was going to say, I don't think 800 quid is that much money for something like that. Um, but it's probably not the sort of thing you give as a Christmas gift unless you are rich. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Unless you're a London banker. Unless you're a London wanker like Matt Morgan. I'm surprised he yeah. hasn't got a Peloton, actually. I am surprised. I know he's got a road bike and a, he's probably got a turbo trainer or something that he can just use at home, which I would say is probably the better option for most people, especially when you can get spinning classes or things like on YouTube for Nout. Just stick an iPad on top of your 
bloody get get like one of those iPad holders that fit on the front of your bike, and you can just stick that on and just pedal away on a turbo train. You can get decent turbo train. I say decent, an all right turbo trainer for a hundred quid for most people. You know, stick that on your road bike and off you go in your lounge. Don't need a peloton. No. So would you say that's a, a good or a, or a bad present? <laughs> mm, I think if someone gave it, it's a good present. <laughs> but Very I think good it's a, a, yeah, I think you know, I'll have an eighteen hundred quid uh, indoor bike. Um, it's a bit extravagant, but it's a bit extravagant. I think it's it's bad for the person buying it because I think it's probably again a bit like the the uh, fingerprint thing lock. It's probably a bit overinflated for price, really. So I'm going to put it on the bad so, list. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. My next one's going to be, and I think for anybody that is into fitness, is uh, they're into this coffee. Anything to do with coffee. Yeah. So I had a few ideas in what this was. This was my idea. This wasn't an idea someone else gave me, like like the other one. Um, anything to do with coffee though could be a coffee subscription. So something like fresh beans delivered to your door, like that idea. So like packed or um, they're a company obviously that do it. Or what's the other one? Uh, oh, there's another one that's like I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's, it's something like a secret coffee club or something like that, where they just send like random um coffee roasters coffee like once a month to your door i thought that's a good idea obviously for the coffee enthusiast which as i say is synonymous with fitness enthusiast in my opinion um or there could be like coffee apparatus so like a v60 or an aeropress or something that you could actually brew coffee with or one of my personal favorites a mocha pot you know like the little espresso stovetops like silver stovetop pots that you get that you can put on I like a mocha pot no. always makes good brew no you're not into coffee are you johnny I like coffee, but I, I, I want to get into it. But I'm like, I just haven't. No, well, they. I, do, I, do, I quite fancy looking at those um, bean to cup coffee machines. Because there's a good deal in Costco at the minute. There's, um, I don't know which ones are you know, the best think, or th- the good I, ones. So. Yeah, I do think it matters on which one you get, though, mate. Don't just buy a cheapie out of a little no, no, Aldi or something. Or there's, there's one here, DeLonghi Magnifica S. Mm. It's 364 quid, but next to it is a, a Doolit du- Cafe Pro, which is 1300 quid. Well, you, you know, you're speaking to someone that treated himself to an early Christmas present only last week. Is this what I seen on Instagram? Yeah, Probably, yeah, yes. on. I bought myself a Sage Barista Express, which was about 550. Um, and obviously, that is has an inbuilt, uh, an inbuilt, uh, but Johnny, don't unplug uh, your Johnny headphones. Thank you, give us echo. I do apologise, but these animals are doing my head in. Just, I'm just taking about your ear then. You can leave it plugged in. Yeah, don't good point. I don't know why you do that. I don't know why you do that. Yeah. I, when, as soon as you take it out, I get this weird echo. But anyway, um, there is a, a built-in burr grinder in it. So burr, burr. Um, so obviously, grinder beans, freshly, freshly ground. Um, yep, yeah, that's about all I know about it. <laughs> good. No, uh, to be fair. It, it, the, the reviews and the people that, I, that are really into it, I know, uh, really rate the machine. Um, I probably made so far, so I probably pulled something like, I don't know, two dozen espressos. Um, nice. By the way, there's no X in espresso for people that um, don't know any better. That really annoys me when you see people say, when they say, oh, it's an espresso, or uh, or they, they spell it espresso. No, it's espresso. Um, but anyway, by the way, uh, I have not done a decent one yet. Like, I cannot stop. I keep getting ultra channeling, which is basically where the water filters through the espresso puck. So, obviously, you get your co- all the bean, but I don't know if you call it espresso puck, sorry, like the coffee puck. So, grind your beans, get them into your, your port filter, 
which is the little handheld thingy that you see people put their beans in. And then you get your tamper, which is obviously like where you get a little plunger looking thing that like tamps it down, press compresses it. Now, if you don't do all of that correctly and consistently, what you do they tend to find is then you get things like channeling, which is where the water gets pressurized through the machine, through the, the coffee puck in the portal filter. And then it like doesn't flow evenly. So you then get like extreme amounts of pressure and flow in certain parts of the coffee puck. And then it's like, I've, mine just keeps absolutely spurting everywhere. Like I'm, I'm literally spending more time cleaning up than I am actually making espresso at the moment. But I will get there. I quite enjoy it. I think the thing is, uh, the fitness people, I think, are into this type of stuff because a lot of people into fitness and nutrition stuff are like like science. And coffee making is such a science in terms of kind of getting all your variables right that I think that's why they like it. It's quite interesting. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think it's quite interesting. I, do, I, I, I would like one if I, if I had a spare casual needs to uh, buy one. Yeah. Well, the, I like the process of it and everything as well. Like, they're just the process of making it in terms of, like, grinding the beans and measuring it and, like, weighing it out and then kind of going through the process of obviously getting the espresso filter going and all of that stuff. And then you get the smells and whatever else. But, so that's, that's yeah, it. They that, do look good. Yeah, that's your next thing. Buy, buy, buy your mate a coffee machine if you want to go extravagant. I, as I was searching for that on Costco, I have found another potential present, which is another thing that is worth, well, it's not worth, it's, it's extravagant. It's an extravagant purchase, I would say, yeah. for what it is. It's an Ember temperature-controlled travel mug. I've so you seen can, those. I've seen on your those. phone, you can select the temperature you want to drink at, so it's 100 degrees in, or whatever, 100 degrees Fahrenheit or whatever, and then you can uh, keep it there for you. But yeah. it is 100 quid for a travel mug. Yeah, so I've, like, se- well, I've seen those advertisers. They're quite new, I think. I think they're a new thing that keeps going around on the Instagram, uh, Facebook-style ads. On a gram. On a gram, yeah. So it's a 355 mil capacity. It's black. Ember's the brand. Hmm. Um, it's not a lot, is it? 355 yeah. mil. It's like just over a, ca- a Coke can. Although I suppose how much coffee do we need? Unless you're a Starbucks Venti 20 ounce drinker. I do like a large coffee, mind. Mm, yeah, well, this is this is what you, you things when you get into coffee, you start to realise you don't need a large coffee. No, you don't. You're right. No, no, you don't. You don't. I've got you... shit. I get instant coffee, so you know. Yeah, that says it all. Okay, let's move on to your next gift, Johnny, for the fitness enthusiastic person um okay bit different coaching oh you selling our services here what a link you you had that on your list as well didn't you no i didn't didn't. i sent you my list i didn't look at it (laughs) you bastard um yes no i didn't um okay coaching i think with with the coaching obviously obviously depends on um Cost for people. Don't and you, it's ongoing. What? I would say, don't you think it's a bit rude, though, potentially? Like, oi, you, lose some weight, here's some coaching. Yeah, I think it's, I think some people have put, if, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, whatever. Well, if you know someone well <laughs> enough, they, 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 they can take it, can they? I mean, if I said to my mate, look, you're a bit fat, sort it out. They'll take it. Like, so I know some people are a bit sensitive, and they, but you, you, you know your friends, and you, or your family, you know. Or, or, they, or maybe they've mentioned it before. So something like our our nutrition coaching is eight, between eighteen hundred quid in there. So if you want nutrition or nutrition and training, but it could be the case of right, I'll, they'll pay for the month, and then you go actually, you could be on the fence going, do I need it or not? And you go actually, there's a lot of shit here I didn't know that's going to help me long term, you know. So then it pushes them to make 
themselves better and make progress quicker than they would have. It's not to say they may not have got to where they want to be without coaching, but you know, if you can get them quicker, then happy days, isn't it? Yeah. So you can either give them like a, a month or whatever, or buy a program for someone because you know people do offer twelve week, sixteen week programs to get them started. You know, get them started, get them into it, and that could help them long term. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like that's the, I'd put that on the good list. I think certainly as as it's obviously a service and a product that we offer. Um, no, I'd put it on the good list. I think uh, it if like you say, I suppose if it gives someone a month's trial, say of something, to give them an idea of whether then they would like to continue or not, and if they see good results in that first month, then that could be enough motivation. Do you know what? This is a real benefit to me. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but we just wanted to let you know that we're currently accepting applications to work with any of our coaches to help you lose weight and get shredded, or build muscle and get jacked. If you want to know more, just head over to nnncoaching.com forward slash apply. No contract links, just evidence-based coaching to make sure you get the results you've always been after. Yeah. I think, yeah, I definitely think be if you're giving that as a gift to someone, be careful how you position it. Don't want to be offending people by saying you need some coaching. What was it you said? You fat fucker? Or, no, you're, or mate, you're fat. Or... Get a bit fat, sort of <laughs> Get a bit fat, sort of out. Yeah, like you got to know your audience when, you, uh, when you're delivering this type of gift, I think. Um, okay. Uh, next one for me, because um, I've got quite a lot on here actually. Uh, yeah, look, nearly nearly a dozen dozen to pick from. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna amalgamate these. So uh, knee sleeves and a lifting belt might be a bit on the pricey what? side if you're getting a decent brand, but for the for the avid lifter. So if you're into lifting, powerlifting probably, but you know I think they can benefit anyone into resistance training as well. Um, knee sleeves and a lifting belt. What brand of lifting belt? Well, um, I've got a SBD, um, so which is SBD? obviously S- no SBD squat bench dead, squat bench dead SBD. Jenna just said, "What?" She's walked in. What you got an SBD? Um, I could I could have timed her any better, could I? That's poor, yeah, that's poor timing. Um, she can't even hear you either, so she obviously thought the same. Um, okay. No uh, squat bed bench, so uh, squat squat dead bench. Um, Obviously, the brand it is not the cheapest of brands. So, for a lot of people, it might be like, "Oh, that's just over and above what I want to spend." But I do think it's kind of quality, and uh, it's got. I don't know. I don't know if you could walk any louder. Um, yeah, I, I think they're good. Inv- a good investment, I think. Some that will last you a long time. Um, certainly, knee sleeves. I think for a lot of people, if they're, they they like the comfort or added security of having kind of like their knees not wrapped, but covered by sleeves um i think it's nice for a lot of people i certainly i feel like they're, they're beneficial um and the belt obviously then helps people to have someone to breathe and brace against when they're they're kind of doing the compound lift so squatting in and stuff yeah belts are brilliant i use a belt often when uh squatted not deadlifting though no i don't deadlift but then i never deadlift so but well i i have i didn't for a couple of years until obviously Started training with the two other boys. We haven't done it for a, for a couple of weeks, mind you know, a couple of weeks off it. But I found it better without the belt. Which I, when I was younger, I used to do with the belt all the time. Is now, that, is it a comfort thing or is it more like what? What's the reason? I found because I thought, oh, what a guavia! Now I'll put a belt on. But I found with the belt, I tended to round more. Where the psychology, my guy got a belt on, I can be a bit more slack, which you shouldn't be. But I just seem to form, seem to maintain a bit more without the belt. I'm thinking, well, actually, you've got no belt on. You've got to mix. You've got to be extra careful. Maybe I don't know. I, I can't really explain it, but it seems my form is better without it. But okay. on squat, it's better with it. I didn't know the forms. The forms are better, but it's, it's when you go and you know 
you're, you're heavier, so like I said, the six or something. It is definitely. Um, but it, well, obviously, the, the whole the idea, of, yeah, the idea of the belt is obviously to kind of help people improve their intra-abdominal pressure by um, obviously giving the, them something to like press against. Um, so obviously, the belt's there to the belt isn't there to create stability itself. It's basically to give you something to kind of force your own kind of air. I'm really explaining this particularly poorly, but obviously, if you kind of imagine the analogy of a coke can and that a coke can obviously can it, when it's empty can easily be crushed. Whereas obviously a coke can when it's full and the 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 ring pull hasn't been pulled, it's impossible to crush a coke can, is it? Same idea of obviously creating intra-abdominal pressure when you're um, doing any type of, of kind of lifting. It is obviously exactly that. You're kind of filling your um, diaphragm, uh, or, or not your diaphragm, you're obviously filling kind of your cavities with air. Um, and obviously kind of that air is creating some intra-abdominal pressure between obviously your abdomen and your obliques and kind of all of your core which then allows you to kind of have a more solid and um, stable core. So obviously then you don't crumble under the bar when you're squatting and obviously it should help you maintain spinal uh, or neutral spinal position, obviously in deadlifts and stuff. The only thing with deadlift, obviously a lot of people um, find them uncomfortable if you've kind of got a standard, I can't remember what size they come in now, but like, a, I don't know, three inch, four inch, five inch, I don't yeah. know what they come in, but five inch belt across, obviously, because you're hinging at the hips, obviously it can create a crease between there and the belt. It can then become uncomfortable for people. So you can buy like tapered yeah. belts, which are then um, tapered on the front. To allow, so obviously they're smaller and, and then therefore a bit more comfortable when you're deadlifting, but then you obviously got less belt to press against and obviously then as, or less effective on the, creating pressure. But I don't, I don't um, use a belt at all when I'm deadlifting really. Um, I don't deadlift either, and I haven't done for about two years. So, any type of deadlifting or just conventional? Uh, just sorry, yeah. When I say I don't deadlift, just conventional. Um, at the moment, I'm doing straight leg and uh, Romanian, depending upon what day of the of the week it is. So, and I don't use a. a I, I mean, they're not heavy enough what I'm doing at the moment, and I'm also hypertrophy focused anyway. So, they're not like really heavy, like um, low rep stuff at the moment. So I don't have to really worry about it. I do like the straight leg deadlift. I gotta say, yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've I've just added them in actually recently. Um, last mesocycle, maybe two ago. I can't remember, but I hadn't done one in or straight leg deadlifts in my programs for for ages. But yeah, I must admit, I've I've enjoyed doing them. A lot of people know the difference. A lot of people, I think, struggle to know the difference between a straight leg and a Romanian, but they are very different. Well, not very different. They are different. I do find I f my form seems to be better and hit my hamstrings better with a straight leg than Romanian. Hmm. For me personally, um, <clears throat> I don't, um, and I would say I think most people, anecdotally, the other way around. yeah, we'll do it the other way around. I think just <laughs> because they can find that they can, they get a better stretch and can control the the, the loading through the stretch better on a Romanian than that. Whereas obviously with a with a straight leg is a bit more glute focused than hamstring. Mm. It's a bit yeah. higher up, but yeah. Either or, whatever. Obviously, everyone's different. Biomechanics slightly different, aren't they? So, um, there you go. That's mine. Knee sleeves and a belt. I think um, good gifts. Yes. Yeah. You know, is that on the good list? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. They have some efficacy, so they're just maybe a bit expensive for, for actual gifts, depending upon what brand you buy. Mm. I got another, I got another subscription uh, thing there. A workout tracker app subscription because they are relatively inexpensive and they are very nice way of tracking your lifts because especially mm. people who want to take a pen and paper in the gym you. Give, this me is, a, give me an example of what they are because I don't know what you mean 
Gravitas or Strong. Oh, okay, okay, yes. So, so those. So, so do they do they come with programs as well, or they just literally load and log? Gravi- Gravitas, you'd have to, you you can buy um, certain programs that have been on there before. So people have put on there like twenty, thirty quid. Yeah. But you can just track it. You know, you can track your own, put your own routine in and track and track it, yeah. which is good really because even if you just start tracking what you're doing, at least you know what you've done last time. So you go, right, actually, I can, you know, come near that, or I can beat that, or add a set, whatever. Yeah, that allows, you, that allows you to at least guarantee that you're, well, I say guarantee, it allows you to know if you're actually applying the principle of progressive overload, and therefore, obviously, have some progression, rather than doing what a lot of people do, and just going in and guessing, and having no idea what they're actually doing, and whether they're improving week to week. Yeah, exactly. And you can write notes on it as well, as so you can say, right, oh, you know, left shoulder twinge in this, or whatever, felt good in this form was bad in this lower weight next time or whatever so you'd know well, actually this is what happened because nobody I don't care what anybody says nobody's remembering exactly what they did from week to week without writing it down just okay. guesswork you know so yeah. unless you're lucky enough to be a top level pro bodybuilder who seems to can do whatever they like and uh, grow then you need to track your workouts if you want to make optimal gains for you it's good I'll put that on a good list and it's a good one yeah. Yeah, I, I just use uh, my notes section in my phone to be honest but um, at least with I guess these apps you can probably have things like volume and um, all that tracked for you and it's a lot easier to compare data rather than, than other stuff than other yeah, it, and this one again in, in I, I use strong so in the, it, you can go in history and it tells you um, the legs yesterday took an hour you know this is a, you, you lifted 20,608 kilos so it, tell, it gives you a total volume and it tells you your best set your weight and your reps it gives you an RP as well mm-hmm. so rate of perceived exertion so you can go right actually that was you know one rep from failure two reps from failure I mean I think you've got to, you've got to, you need a bit of experience to be able to know what true RP is but at least you know it gives you something else to track as well so it's pretty, you know it's pretty decent yeah. alright let's stick that on the good list Let's stick that on the good list. Um, I got uh, an idea from... Um, who was it who gave me this idea? I don't even remember. Um, but I got an idea of a Nike gift card. Nike. Nike, yeah. But I suppose you could replace Nike because other retailers exist with any type of sports apparel gift card. Gymshark. Gymshark. Um, Lululemon. If you're a woman, Ooh. I don't know if they do men's. L- Lululemon, is it? Is it Lululemon? Don't. I think it's called Lululemon. Yeah, I think they do like women's yoga pants and like stretchy shit, which is the very, nice stuff. I think, yeah, I think like, a bit like Gymshark. Um, I the think, nice stuff. Yeah, I think they only do women's. I, I assume, but that type yeah. of thing. I suppose that can a gift card is good, or you could just buy the items for people. It doesn't have to be a gift card, but if it's a gift card, people can then pick what they want, which is always nice. Where in- Whoever invented leggings was definitely a man and definitely a pervert. I don't Gym leggings. I, I don't know if that's true, mate. I think people maybe just thought they were comfortable. No, I don't think so. I do, mate. I love a pair of leggings. In fact, I I almost always, other than the heat, the the the, the peak of summer, wear leggings when I do leg day. You may be sick. <laughs> well, problem is, is right is. I started wearing leggings when it's freezing cold in the, in the garage gym um, because I found myself uber restricted wearing tracksuit bottoms. Shorts were too cold. So I started wearing leggings. But then I actually liked the compression feel while I was squatting. Um, 
and they just felt comfortable. They had nice stretch to them, so I didn't feel restricted. And now I always wear them. And also, going back to knee sleeves, if you, uh, my my homeboys out there that uh, are knee sleeve aficionados will surely, and have hairy legs, will surely, surely back me up on this. But hairy legs and knee sleeves don't go together very well. Do they? They're not too bad getting on, but getting the fuckers off is like pulling off plasters or like stuff with like every hair go you need leg comes out as you get them off. Oh, I won't buy them. No, no. Which obviously, when you have leggings, that then completely resolves that issue. No, good. They, good just, way they, just, they slide slide along the leggings. They're easy to get on. Knee sleeves obviously are meant to be um, tight and um, well tight, so they're, they're not particularly easy to get on and off. Sometimes um, there is a technique involved in doing so. And we kind of have to like fold the bottom of the sleeve and fold the top of the sleeve so it kind of creates like a band and then you can get your fingers underneath and kind of yank it up and then unfold them when they're on your knee. Um, but obviously you do that when you've got hairy legs and it's like, ah, oh, no, it's just pulling the hairs on my legs out. So, just just put me off buying them. Yeah, I would though, to be fair. I love I love my knee sleeves. Um, probably adds five kilos to your lift, if I'm honest, as well. So. It all counts. Yeah, my, my problem is I've obviously had ACL reconstruction in one knee um and i'm just old and creaky so it just it keeps them warm um and just gives an extra kind of might even be psychologically but just gives an extra feeling of support a bit like a belt mm, there's a lot there's a lot to say about being psychologically better I, mm. yeah no i think i think placebo and psycholo- psychological stuff is is valid so um there you go uh night gift card i i, I don't see anything any negatives to any type of retail fitness apparel gift card Imagine some morning bastard would have found a negative with it. Well, okay, as we're not, we'll stick on the good list then. Yeah, that's right. We will. Um, I, I, I'm not, this is not my recommendation, but I was flicking through earlier and I seen a pair of Gucci boxing gloves for 2,500 quid. <laughs> so I thought, why? Why? Like, why would you do that? What's the point? To me, it's like. If you can afford to buy, what, why? I just don't understand. Why would you do it? Bit of a bad end, wouldn't you? Yeah. I think. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. That's just to come up. Anyway. Um. Well, what, I, what should I go on my list with now? Then. I'm right. I'll put him. I'll put. I'll put him in in, in, a, in a category. S- supplements. I did have like supplements. Yeah, I had supps on my list as well. So. Yeah. Like a tub of protein or you know some. Couple of pre workouts, depending obviously, depends on what you want to spend. You know, people place like bulk powders, my protein, all that people do do quite decent discounts. So, you know, someone wants to try a couple of um, one kilo bags of protein, different flavors, give after them because it is, you know, most people who are into fitness, especially weight training, will uh, consume whey protein at some point. I'm not saying you should rely on it, you shouldn't because it's a supplement, but you know, if someone buys, you know, five kilos for you, could be nice. Yeah. especially when five kilos are probably even at the cheapest retailers will probably still set you back 60 70 quid yeah, yeah. definitely easy yeah five or if you like pre-workouts pre-workouts worth doing yeah I, I don't we don't I don't personally even consider way a supplement really I'd say it's got like categorised under that performance food label in that it's still a food it's just convenient and has a specific purpose of why you consume it. I wouldn't really look at it as anything other than that because it is. Mm. Um, in fact, actually, shout out to Triceps Nolan, um, Rebecca, T to Triceps, because I think she did share something the other day again about a post she did a long time ago around, I guess, probably triggered from someone asking about, oh, what? oh I can't have that. It's steroids, isn't it? About whey protein. <laughs> and she, she wrote a post about actually how it's manufactured and it is literally just milk 
enzymes that then separates the curds and whey and obviously that's like we get the weight gets the whey gets taken away and the curds get shoved off to make cheese and the whey just gets dried out and turned into powder so anyone that's worried about consuming whey protein shouldn't be because that's all it is it's just a byproduct of making fucking cheese so i'm watching watching baby powder baby milk formula probably whey i'd imagine first first ingredient there's some sort of milk protein anyway isn't there which comes from whey so or i suppose there's casein as well but um yeah yeah. it's the thing we talked about last week on it's like the healthier things you can do people almost frown upon it like it's something illegal or ridiculous i'm like right okay steroids right okay if you're steroids really you know it, it does show a complete lack of any understanding of mm. any anything to do with biology or food yeah. <laughs> or chemistry or anything on the um on the subs thing i think the new thing is buying protein for people that can be a bit personal in that most people i know that consume whey protein generally have their own preferred brands and flavors and stuff because obviously it can be hit and miss depending on what you buy so you might not want a gift card might be better for sups than actually buying their protein unless you know what they use is all i was thinking potentially that is that is a potential yes yeah that's what i'm thinking i'm just trying to add some context to it um but if not you know if anyone wants to know what kind of other supplements you might recommend generally uh, recommend this is not an advised notice please don't sue us if anything um you know we aren't you know we're not qualified physicians and um, we are just nutritionists so take it with under that remit but for a lot of people would benefit from having vitamin d fish oils creatine for almost everybody um that's probably about it other than whey protein so there's some ideas you do want to buy people some supplementation for their health um if you're talking performance then pre-workouts caffeine maybe down the bicarbonate soda root uh or citrulline malate beta-alanine other outside of that you're pretty much not really talking a lot but you've got some niche stuff like from in um oh, what's it 600 called? milligrams there is that yeah <laughs> if you want to buy if you want to buy some of that it could be very appreciative they'll make more gains than they ever win in their life <laughs> <laughs> if you know you know, <coughs> you know what I mean? so, yeah what were you gonna say i suppose there's some niche there's some niche ones for um sports performance which may give you you know half a percent was it the beer was it is it big douche and what's the other one oh i can see it in my head now it's a Top, red you're gonna say tart active. cherry yeah that's the one yeah that's yeah. the one yeah i suppose you've got beetroot beetroots uh juice concentrated beetroot juice for the nitrates yeah. uh albeit i think the evidence on that is if you have a low nitrate diet you might see some benefit for yeah um kind of uh vasodilation and oxygen delivery and therefore helps endurance and stuff but obviously that's only if you have a low nitrate diet mostly other than that you probably wouldn't notice a huge amount of difference potentially so therefore if you're having like a lot of leafy greens and like beetroot and stuff in your diet anyway you probably ain't going to benefit too much the tart cherry juice is to help with sleep isn't it because of um i can't remember the mechanism actually in terms of exactly it works but it's obviously something to do with um melatonin production and helps i think it enhances melatonin production to help you yeah. get to sleep and recover better so, but it's, yeah. one of, it's one of those niches and it's like yeah okay they, they'll work but like is the cost really worth it I suppose if you're like a high well I won't say football like I say diet shit generally isn't it? but you know if you're a high performing sportsman that wants to get every possible um, advantage in yeah and if you can afford it it's probably worth it but for the I mean for 99% of us these niche supplements are just not needed I mean, there's loads of health supplements that have got that are efficacious in, in very particular circumstances. 
like is it coenzyme Q10 if you've got heart failure? It's like, you know, so people assume then, oh, if it works for heart failure, then it, it must be good for you. It's like, well, is it though? You don't know, do you? Yeah. It's awesome. one of those things where, you know, maybe if you've got the money, maybe, but, you know, most of us generally don't need things like that. Yeah. It's, I was going to say, it's even things like at the minute, um, I'm t- I'm supplementing with zinc and magnesium um, for kind of, well, one, mostly sleep effects, but also kind of the idea that uh, people that are very active and, and specifically resistance trained as well kind of burn through and use and, and quite often then deficient in things like magnesium and zinc. So I'm kind of just using it as a bit of experiment to, in taking it, but yeah. they wouldn't have any benefit for people that aren't um, deficient put it this way so kind of like this idea that everyone go oh yeah take zma it'll help you sleep and give you like crazy vivid dreams and stuff uh, well only if you're deficient a lot of people other than that the actual evidence is really limited on having any benefit so i don't even know whether it's benefiting me necessarily although anecdotally i will say i, I thought that when i started taking it i did sleep a lot deeper but it might have been because i was going through periods anyway of just not sleeping particularly well and the magnesium had nothing to do with it um but anyway just i think it does show the importance of it. even you don't you know of having regular checkups, as in blood tests, you you could you could test with stuff, can you? So you know when my master, you know if you if you have a ZMA supplement all the time, it might cost you hundred quid a year. Have a have a blood test that costs you hundred quid. Yeah. You can see what you've got deficient. You're deficient in. You might be deficient in anything. So you yeah. know my diet currently is decent enough to not need anything. Yeah, that's so, and, it, and, it, and that's the same for vitamin D as well. Like obviously we would recommend most people take vitamin D for the most part purely on the on the kind of. Um, shotgun approach I'll say shotgun approach maybe that's not the right term uh, the likelihood is for most people in the UK they are vitamin D deficient or certainly not or they'll be insufficient at least rather than deficient um, purely on the basis we know that you just don't get enough sunlight here and you can't get enough through diet to, to kind of have a, a, a real good amount of vitamin D um, so the, the likelihood is you're probably at its low risk in terms of toxicity as well you're probably fine taking it so therefore it's probably good for everyone to do so Um but getting a blood test would be the ideal because then you'll know. You'll know what your your kind of free flow or blood serum levels of vitamin D are. Exactly, and, and you, could, you could look at things like cholesterol levels and, and things. Yeah, things that will impact you later in life. No, actually, you know, even though I'm generally fit and healthy, my cholesterol is quite high. Mm. You know, then you can investigate. All right, you, then you could experiment. Can you write? Right, what can I do to? Yeah. Start reducing saturated fat intake, or yeah. you know, just something that might have some some then uh, effects on your on on your cholesterol. But actually, it's a good topic of conversation, probably one for another time. It's about an hour already, but um, I oh, have yeah. just got the results of a health health check back, and it's quite interesting. So maybe we'll go over that at another point, maybe next mm. week or something. We'll go over it, yeah, because yeah. there are some uh, interesting um, results actually. Which um, yeah, I'll say them. Good, good or bad. Uh, depends on what context you look at in, but um, certainly on kind of the face of it, there are a few markers that I would say a doctor would be telling me I need to improve. So, um, but we'll yeah, maybe we'll, maybe that can be a topic for the next one. So we'll go over that. Um, okay, shall we move on? So sups. Um, in essence of time, uh, I've got a few more that um, I'd like to just maybe quickly flip through resistance bands. Yes. Always good. Especially after lockdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think obviously you can do a reasonable amount of exercise with resistance bands and kind of get a reasonable workout. Obviously, they're ne- I, my opinion is that they, they're, they're nowhere near as effective as obviously as true resistance training through, you know, gym and gym equipment. But I think for a lot of people there, the convenience and kind of the positive sides of what resistance bands can do worth having around. 100%. Um, fitness tracker. Fitbit, I got that as well. Garmin, yeah. yeah, cool, yeah. Or my personal favourite, Withings. 
Um, nice. Yeah. It's actually that. German. Are they German? Uh, German? Withing. I don't know. They were bought by Nokia and then resold back. Um, because, or no, not resold back. I think they might be still owned by Nokia, but they, they basically rebranded to Nokia after being bought by by them. And then I think it wasn't the best kind of um, political move because yeah. I think a lot of people didn't like it. So they've just basically rebranded back to Withings. I think they're probably still owned by Nokia. But um, yeah, what a nice little, you can't see because my camera's not on, is it? Because my internet, but it, what I like about them is their their trackers actually look like watches and not like fitness trackers. So, which does have its negative side and that means you never wear a watch. Because obviously I, I you don't have two watches, but I got a mate of mine who's got um oh what brand is it? It's like a Bretling, something along those lines as a fitness tracker as well. It's like you know. Yeah, the tag does a really nice one for tag, that's the yeah, one it's tag. Fifteen hundred quid, full digital face, and obviously you can have like different whatever face you want on it because it's digital. Um problem is is the reviews in terms of its actual functions are shit. And for fifteen hundred yeah. quid I want something that is fantastic. Yeah. He is He's, he's got money, but he doesn't show it off. You can see the, you know, the little things, like the little clothes and the little watches. Yeah. Like it's not an extravagant watch. It's, the price is, obviously, but this, it doesn't look, you know, like sort of flash, you know. Like it's, you know he's quite understated, but it's a nice watch. Yeah, yeah, I like I like the look of it. I need, I'd be honest, I considered getting one at one point, but that, that was the, um, the, the reviews of its functions were so poor, it put me off. So I didn't in the end. But... I think tags just took the big in watches and not fitness trackers maybe yeah yeah but anyhow um what else have i got quickly to go through weighted skipping rope again a bit like resistance bands i think why wouldn't you have one i don't even if you waited a skipping rope convenient good form cardio like weighted gets you a little bit of i guess resistance in the top half of the body shoulders and um tricep uh triceps shoulders and traps that type of thing so yeah upper back yeah. good Good shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Food blender, Nutribullet. Get some nutrition yeah. in there. Yeah. I've got one. Yeah. Barely, barely, barely ever use that, to be honest. I've got Nutribullet, but I hardly ever use it. But it does make a good oh. iced coffee when you want one. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Shout out shout out to my boy Ben, Ben Warren, or uh, oh, what's his Instagram? Underscore Benji, underscore something like that. Uh, King of Food Point, if people want to go check him out. Um, always posting ridiculous food porn, but um, he said kitchen scales. Yeah, I guess, so. guess to weigh your food, to make sure you're tracking it properly. Yeah. That's, yeah. If, that's if you're a tracker, it's, if you're a flexible dieter. Still, still, you still do need it. If you cook it, you still need that scale now and again. You have to make, you know, if you've got a recipe and you want to abide by. Yeah, well, I think you, you, need, yeah. you need. Yeah, well, I think he's more thinking of the angle of that. I know he's very much into tracking and flexible dieting. Not that flexible dieting has to encompass tracking, but um, they are quite synonymous to most people. And I think he's thinking, you know, for the IFYM crowd, you know, new, nice new set of kitchen scales. So they can yeah, track, nice. track, track their Pop-Tarts and flex bowls. Oh, fuck off flex bowls, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> and that, Johnny, is all of my list. So let's go for yours quickly. Um, box of protein bars Brett come on you're a protein bar reviewer Oof, yeah that's a great fucking shout although that could come on the supplements although is it a supplement or is it a food is it just a treat I don't know is it a chocolate bar who knows yeah uh, books yeah any specific books in mind you'd recommend uh, not really not Tom Ed I should have I should have really have written one down tonight really yeah. um, I'm trying to think of ones I've got on my Kindle but I'm I'm I got one or two fitness books for my Kindle, but mostly I've got other things on my Kindle, like psychology and artificial intelligence and physics. 
So that there's a well, it takes out the, the difference of fitness, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I could know. Yeah. I, I just finished uh, how why we get wrong politicians by um, oh, what the fuck is her name? I remember. Great book if you're into politics. Um, but yeah, no, I I think maybe I would recommend a book for most people starting out. Um, either bigger, leaner, stronger by Mike Matthews. Just it's got all really good basics around kind of setting up diet and nutrition. Um, sorry, diet and nutrition, um, diet and training. Uh, for most people, I think in a way that most people can understand pretty easy. So for you, kind of your beginner, that's a really good book to start with. Um, or oh, I don't know if I can promote this on here. Men's Health. Then I say I won't. I won't name the actual author because I think he's banned now in the fitness realm. Or people shouldn't be promoting his work after he got a bit too handsy with people. But um, allegedly allegedly got a bit handsy with people um but the lean muscle diet by men's fitness no men's health men's health the magazine they, they published yeah. it another guy you're on about yeah yeah so um that, or that any, anything by Leila mcdonald in all fairness or anything by, that, by him but he's a bit bipolar and blocked me on facebook so yes very intelligent got a lot of integrity so you know whatever you're reading I'll give him that. It's, it's, it's pretty up. It's yeah, up there with yeah. the best. He, he has got a lot of integrity. He's just got, I think, an anger problem. But yeah, he's definitely got issues. But depend. I think it depends how complicated you are because you've got the women's book, which is very complicated. If you, if if that's your sort of if that's your interest, women's periods basically, then that's the book for you. Is I bought it. It's very complicated. But you've also got the the, the rapid fat loss, which is a bit of an eye opener. If mm-hmm. if you do want to diet in the extreme way that's probably the way to do it because it's, it's backed by actual evidence and sound reasoning not just lunacy posted by some donut on Instagram donut. but you know anything by anything by Lionel McDonald is a good shout mm-hmm. okay um, I was saying if you're into re- kind of like the obesity epidemic and uh, something from a, a top class obesity researcher I would say The Hungry Brain by um, Stefan Guillene is always a good read, but it's a hard one to take in. There's a lot in there. It's like, whoa, I need to, I need to sit down after reading this because it's used all of my brain power to understand. So. Mm. Some good books. I'm looking at. Go on. I was going to say last one, although I believe there's a lot of controversy about it um, recently in terms of I think a lot of people have now started to debunk or I think some of the study uh, data in the I studies. Know. You can say Brian Wansink. Um, there's a. So I don't know if that is what you who thought I was going to say, but I think he's he's had a bit bad press of late, uh, and some of his uh, studies over the past 10, 15 years have been kind of taken out of journals because I think they're saying they potentially made some mistake. I think he's still denied it, but I actually really like his book. Um, I think it's called Slim by Design. I think is the topic is the title of the book, but I actually think it's really good. But as I say, I think um, the term evidence based, I would say it definitely is. However, mm, there's now questions about that, but. I don't know the real outcome. So I think if you just, I think a lot of the stuff in there is really practical and I still think um, efficacious anyway in kind of like designing the, your food environment and stuff like that to, to help be slim or slimmer um, or healthy body weight or whatever. I think that's a good book for a lot of people as well. I was going to say the book, Why We Sleep, I think. Oh, Matt there's Walker. A few, there's a few yeah, issues that, apparently. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I, did, I did hear that there was a uh, very comprehensive blog done on only something like the first chapter that kind of debunked a lot of the stuff that he goes through and bear in mind matt walker in the fitness realm is now seen as kind of like the sleep expert um obviously it's quite the blow to have the sleep expert be exposed almost um but i still think a lot of stuff in there is probably still good in that 
yeah. very general, obvious, basic stuff people should be doing to help improve their sleep probably still applies. But I'll be honest, I haven't read the blog. Um, and I have got the book, I think, on my bookshelf. But I actually haven't read it yet. I've read one by Nick Littlehays, uh, which is why we... S- no, that's my always why we sleep. What's it called? I can't remember. But basically, he's a guy, I think, that is almost like a... Um, again, he's a sleep researcher, but he set up his own company working with elite athletes and stuff well he's worked with a lot of like i think he worked with fergie and the man united football team for a, for a long time and stuff like that just to kind of helping players recover and sleep better and things and again like a lot of his book is like stuff in there you think that's a bit either a bit extreme or whatever else but the basics still apply and the bit like in terms of kind of no blue light and um st- overstimulation for bed make sure you get blue light out during the day to kind of st- help melatonin production later on in the day and mm. um static start and wait times and like talk about sleep cycles and things a lot of those things are quite good so certainly if you want to get into your sleep that book is probably worth worth recommending just for a read because it even if it's not all correct or all absolutely um evidence-based or efficacious most of it is still pretty kind of accepted and stuff that i should say would help improve most people's sleep if they put it into play i prefer reading stuff that's not sort of directly related to weight loss and the, the mechanisms behind it because it's like well how, how many ways can skin a cat just you know yeah. calories in and also clearly not as simple as just calories in terms of the whole human but I mean the science is what, what are you going to learn that's going to change anything nothing yeah. but the psych, the psycholo- psychology sleep or, you know all that sort of stuff is a, is a lot more interesting and it's a lot more you can even like the psychology is almost is up there with, you know, calories in, calories out. If you get your psychology correct, then you're bang on. You. Yeah. But yeah, I well, if well, I can read a book about different personalities at the minute. Red, red, blue, green, and yellow personalities, and that's quite good. So you could use that in coaching if you've got good enough to like and, and to pick up on what colour somebody is, to how to design a training or a diet program for them. You know what I mean? So like a, like a, like a red personality has got to be in charge is the loudest. This is what we're going to do. It'll tell you the truth if, you know, if you say, oh, do you think it's any good? You go, no, it does shit because mm. of this. Oh. So someone like that, you may opposite definitely someone who's a, who's, a, who's a blue and more methodical. Yeah. So you'd maybe give that guy references to go, right, why do you do this? Or because of this. Yeah. I think so a, it's, a, it's a lot, a good way. Yeah, I think a lot of good coaches probably do that anyway, naturally. Because obviously the kind of the idea that you should flex and adapt your approach for individual personalities and stuff. Like a good coach would already be doing that. Like you know which clients you need to kind of be more detailed with and give them the, the understanding or the rationale behind things. Other clients you know that they don't give a shit and they just want to be told what to do and get on with it. Same as with some clients want kind of like the stick approach in terms of motivation and they want to be told and told off when they're not doing right. And then you've got other clients that need a bit more care and love and an arm around them. So I think a good coach starts to know which clients need that type of stuff and or which specific approach. So I guess that kind of feels like that aligns quite nicely. Yeah. Well, like whilst you have a list, we got anything else quickly? I did have four more, but I wouldn't probably buy that. Any, anything stand I, out? I no. Gym bag. New gym bag? <laughs> Earphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah both, both two good things. I'd recommend the Bose uh, E8s. Not Bose, yeah, no, Bang & Olufsen, not Bose. B&O um, E8s, what B&O. I have, wireless, they're lovely. Nice. Yeah. Little plug I, I think I need to get wireless headphones, I think. Yeah. It's just too tight, really. Too tight. 
still are expensive. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're game changers. Like wireless, are, wireless are the best though, because obviously, especially when you're working out, like if you're saying for the gym, I remember when I had uh, wired beats that I used to have sometimes in the gym, and obviously they get the wires just get in the way, like to a point where I had to like literally thread them through my t-shirt to keep them out of the way. But then they come really annoying because obviously then you feel a bit restricted sometimes because they're like through your clothing. Because obviously it'd be a bit tight in your ears or they'd fall out or whatever. And so I think as soon as you go wireless, you realise how free and how important it is to not have wires around. Do it, Johnny. Get some, get some Christmas present. Get, get, get your money out and get yourself a little early Christmas present. I did. I was another cooker. Yeah. Okay. What else on the list? Anything else? No. That's uh, it. All right. Um, I just got, I've got a couple of things I want to ask. So um, dieting for Christmas, yes or no? I, I tell you, I'll give you the context. Plenty of people, my friends, are talking about whether I think there's the kind of the sales technique of start now, don't wait till after Christmas. Like if, basically, you don't want it enough if you if you don't start now. If you wait till after Christmas, you're already behind. Um, or there's obviously the other the other side of people saying like now might be the worst time to diet, but trying to diet before Christmas because obviously you end up binging the fuck out of Christmas because you're restricted. So leading up to it, where do you sit? Keep it short. You realize it. Yeah. Where do you sit on that that spectrum of ideal? Have we got a minute or two? You got, a minute, you, got, right, you got a minute, yeah. Do whatever the fuck you want. Basically, because if you want to diet now, diet now. Do what, you, do what you want. If you don't want to diet and you want to have at it, just be prepared for a massive weekend. And then don't complain when you've done it and gone off again with gained 12 pounds. Well, it's your fault. You did it. Just own the decision you make and just go with it. If you've got time-restricted aim, uh, goals, you want to be X weight by this date, then... You probably have to die through Christmas. If you haven't, then enjoy it. You're going to be, you know, a few weeks behind, but it'll come back off later on. But I think it's more important to be psychologically sound with your decision, whichever it is. Okay. How about that? Yeah, good answer. Um, and is Die Hard a Christmas film? Yes. Fuck no. Of course it is. Fucking no, no, it's not. It is. It's an it's action film. Too, too... It's a fucking action film it set was... at Christmas. It's not a Christmas it film. Was... It is. There's got to be the most Christmas tree with it. Yeah, I'm sure. But... There's, a, there's a there's a meme with the Christmas tree with the IR in. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, that's Christmas film. Uh, what is it? So I saw someone say an equivalent like, okay, well if die if if you think Die Hard's a Christmas film, that's a, that's sort of like Star Wars is a film about I can't remember now, but it was something just as ridiculous. And that, when you put it into that context, you think, oh yeah, I get it now. But I, it is the most polarizing question, isn't it? Like whether Die Hard is a Christmas film or not. Like, so many people are so passionate about being right about yes, it is, or no, it's not. If someone said, if someone officially came up with, oh, it's not, I wouldn't give a, I wouldn't care. Well, you, I just you, think it's Christmas film. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't give a fuck if someone... <laughs> yeah, but Johnny, you don't, don't give, not, you, don't, yeah, you don't give a fuck about anything. That's why. I do, just, just certain things that need to be cared about. A lot of things don't need to be cared about. I, it would I, take too much time caring about stupid shit. Yeah, me. I feel very passionate that Die Hard is not a fucking Christmas film. I don't feel passionate about it at all. I just think it's a Christmas film. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you disagree, that's up to you. I don't care. <laughs> but it's just, there's, there's, it's set at Christmas. It's a Christmas film, It's set at, yeah, but it doesn't make... Uh, it's set at Christmas, but it's still an action film. There isn't that, like, and people still argue that it, it is, but there isn't that kind of, like, the giving, the spirit of Christmas, of giving gifts and nice, a nice 
happy only I guess there was a happy ending where the dude fall off the fucking tower but you know what I mean it's not well, whatever anyway let's like say it's the most polarising topic or question of this time of year about people like the amount of memes that are done on Die Hard being a Christmas film it makes me lol because nobody can argue me about it because I don't care enough to argue well and that is so subjective there isn't a right or wrong is there like no one can definitively say I think they did ask the director who directed that was it Spielberg or was it Zemeckis or Fuck knows, I can't remember. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but I'm sure someone did ask it and they said, yes, of course it is. But then they were always going to say that. So, Anywho, I enjoyed this episode, Johnny. I thought it was a very, very good episode. Hopefully people have got some nice ideas now to go out and buy their friends who are into fitness. Or even if they're not into fitness, maybe get them into fitness. Get some nice Christmas mm. gifts to, to, yeah. to get their motivation peaking. Yeah, try not, try not to offend people. Yeah, don't go, oi fatty, here's a coaching programme. Like Johnny said. Yeah, and some protein. And some protein, yeah. You need to get some muscles as well. You need to lose weight and gain some muscles. <laughs> Harsh. Right, uh, don't forget to review um, iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on. Um, Spotify. Spotify, Libsyn, whatever. Um Get your cheese, NNN10, get your discount. Um, thank you to those that all... Business. Yeah, and a load of people took, took advantage of the Black Friday deals, the 25% off plus 10% for our codes. So that was good. I did. Um, yeah, Johnny did. Um, they're actually bringing out, again, the Golden Truckles. So look out for those. I think they're only making 400 of them as well. So get one if you want one Probably. for the Christmas cheese board. It's like a, it's a cheese truckle, you know, like covered in wax, like a cheese covered in wax. It's the tasty... And the tasty version covered in like a golden shimmered wax. Um, obviously, tasty's Why the best one. Why covering wax? Why it's, covering wax? Because that's what you do with truckles, mate. It preserves the cheese, doesn't it? Oh, it's good. I didn't know. Yeah. As I said, what's the point? Well, you know, you get the little wheels that are like covered in wax, like a baby bell, but obviously in you know, yeah. the fancier cheeses, like your yeah. Wensleydale and yeah. cranberry shit and whatever else, you know, like all the stuff Ed sells, basically, yeah. like gin and tonic stuff. Yeah. They all come in covered in wax. I yeah. think it preserves it, I think. Um, but yeah they're doing a fancy gold shivered version one like a big square big big block um, of the tasty covered in that which be looks lovely on your Christmas board uh, Christmas cheese board so people want one go get one okay. um, and that's it I think so we can probably say toodaloo um, yeah get out of here thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast we'll speak to you all next week <laughs>